0: Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible-teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. It just isn't fair, doesn't seem right. Why are there so many people out in the world that seem to be living such wicked lives and here I stand, here you sit, and we suffer? Those thoughts, that mindset ever come into your mind? I'm guessing that maybe they have. And I'm sure it wouldn't be a shock, it wouldn't be a surprise for you to hear that you wouldn't be the first one to think something like that. In fact, there are many people in Scripture who have had that mindset. One writer, the book of Habakkuk, had that mindset as he wrote the book. He said, Lord, why are there so many wicked people that seem to be thriving and here we sit suffering? There's another man named Asaph, maybe an unfamiliar character in the Bible, but he wrote many psalms. And one of his most famous psalms, Psalm 73, also dealt with this topic. He said, Lord, why is there so many wicked people in the world that all seem to be thriving and here I am a follower of God and I seem to be suffering? It doesn't seem to be worth it. It's a question that Asaph was wrestling with so much and so often that he almost lost his faith. He writes about it in Psalm 73. He says, As for me, my feet almost slipped. He's talking about his faith. He said, He almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. This is what the wicked are like. They are free of care. They go on amassing wealth. If you find yourself relating to Asaph this morning, if those questions arise in your mind, why is there so much wicked in the world? Doesn't God see? Doesn't God care? Is God going to do something about it? Then I would invite you to listen to your Savior's words this morning as he tells us the parable of the weeds in the wheat field. Because in this parable, Jesus takes the veil off of our eyes, he clears the fog, he clears the clouds, and he shows us that life isn't exactly what it seems. Yes, life as a believer is a life as wheat among the weeds, but there will be a separation that takes place, there will be a judgment The harvest is coming where the sin and wickedness and evil will be gathered and burned and separated from the wheat and the wheat will be brought together into God's storehouse where they will shine like the sun in righteousness. And so we have patience here on earth as we live as wheat among the weeds. We trust our farmer's judgment. We trust his wisdom in allowing the weeds to grow just a little bit longer as we live in this life. Our verses this morning are a parable and if you remember, a parable is like a comparison. It's an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning and the two touch and interlap and and tell and teach one truth, a spiritual truth about God. And the spiritual truth that we learn today is the truth of how the kingdom of God functions, how it works. It's like Jesus is giving us an inside look at the playbook of God, showing us why things are The way that they are. And so as we go through this parable, we're gonna kind of go verse by verse uh, to to see what Jesus has to tell us. And notice also that the second half of the verses are the explanation. And so as we go verse by verse, I'll kind of be throwing in some of the explanation from the second half of the parable in as we go along. But we start with the first verse. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. In his field. And in the explanation, Jesus says that he is the man. He is the man who sows good seed in the field. Jesus is the one who, who plants believers into the world to produce a crop. And notice there's nothing wrong with the farmer, there's nothing wrong with the seed. In fact, it's good seed. The problem arises when the enemy comes to plant weeds. While everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Pure, malicious evil. That's what's in the heart of this enemy. Coming in the cover of night with a premeditated plan to ruin the farmer's crop, and he, notice he can't, he can't pull out the seeds that have already been planted, and so he does the next best thing. He throws wheat or throws weeds in with the wheat, hoping to destroy the crop. And so as those wheat begin to grow. So do the weeds. They pop up and the servants notice, right? The servants notice that something is wrong. They recognize the weeds are growing and so in a sort of a panic, they run. They run to the farmer. And they say, didn't you sow good seeds? Who then is responsible for the weeds that are growing in the field? If you planted good seeds, then there shouldn't be weeds. And there's that urgency, that panic, in these servants questioning right doesn't seem right that the weeds are growing in with the wheat right now and so something must have gone wrong and they're worried about the wheat weeds choking out the wheat and so in sort of a panic and in that urgency they almost start to accuse the farmer didn't you sow good seeds where else would the weeds have come from? Should you have done a better job, farmer? Should you, have, should you have planted just a little bit better? Should you have protected the crop just a little bit more? And while in the explanation of the parable, believers and Christians are the wheat in the parable, I think it's safe to say that there are many times that we find ourselves in the shoes of the servants as well. Because as we look around the world today and we see the weeds that are around us, and it doesn't take very long to see them, right? Turn on the news, turn on social media, and you'll see the wars, and you'll see the political conflicts, and you'll see the racial tensions, and you'll see the natural disasters. And we see the sin and the wickedness and the problems of our world. And it causes us to maybe be like those servants a little bit. Didn't you make a perfect world, God? Where then did all of this sin, where did all of these problems come from? Is it your fault? We can kind of have that accusing tone towards our God. But notice how the the farmer answers that question, right? Notice how the farmer answers the servants in kind of a contrast of the the servant's panic and urgency. the, the, The farmer is calm, cool, and collected in a short, simple, straightforward answer. He knows exactly who did it. He says the enemy did this. Seemingly unfazed by the weeds in the field, the farmer knows it was my enemy. It was Satan. Satan came in to sow weeds among the wheat to ruin the field. That's the truth of the matter. It's not my fault. It's Satan. Satan comes to ruin my crops. And so what do we do about it? What do the servants do about it? What do they ask the farmer? They go to the farmer and they say, Do you want us to go and pull them up? That seems like the logical thing to do, right? Let's put on our gardening gloves. Let's go out there. Let's pull the weeds out. Let's get rid of them once and for all. And then the problem will be solved. Seems like the right thing to do. That's what the servants were thinking. That's at times what we think too. Isn't it better for us to go out, get rid of the wickedness of the world, get rid of the sin, get rid of the problems, and then everything will be okay. But God knows that that's not the way that things should be run. He knows that we shouldn't set ourselves up as judge and arbiter between good and evil. He says, No, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow into the harvest. The, har- the, the farmer, our Savior, says, No, don't, don't think about putting on your gardening gloves. It's not your job to go and pull the weeds. That's not your responsibility. It isn't the believer's job to go out into the world and make sure that all sinners are are removed. That's never going to happen. Our Savior knows that, that we are not very good at distinguishing between good and evil. We don't have a very good track record of knowing truly what's evil and truly what's good because we are tainted with sin. That wickedness is in us as well. And it's interesting because the way that Jesus tells this is is by using a very interesting specific word for weeds. In Greek it's zizania and zizania is basically a darnel weed. I don't know if you're familiar with what a darnel weed is, but it's a very it's a very tricky weed. And it's tricky because when it is planted and when it grows, especially in a wheat field, darnel looks very much like wheat. And you can't tell the difference. And so the farmer knows that if his servants go out and start pulling up the darnel weeds, it's very likely that they're going to pull up some wheat as well. The farmer doesn't want that. He doesn't want his wheat to be pulled up. He doesn't want it pulled prematurely. He doesn't want his crop to be ruined. Jesus knows that, again, we aren't very good at distinguishing right and wrong. He doesn't want us to be the judge and the arbiter between the two. He says, leave that up to me. I will be the judge. I will be the one who can determine the darnel from the wheat. And at that time, he says, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them into bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Notice that the farmer shows more interest in the growth of the wheat than he does in the extermination of the weeds. Our God is patient. He's patient with the weeds in the field if it means that the wheat have more of an opportunity to grow and to be brought into the storehouses. Our God is patient with the evil and the wickedness of the world if it means that more believers are brought to be with him forever in heaven. But don't confuse God's patience with a lack of judgment. Because there is a harvest coming. The separation will take place. The judgment is coming. And at that time, all sin, all wickedness, all evil, everything that causes sin will be removed. And it will be thrown into the fire to be burned. Because weeds are of no use to a farmer and and sin and wickedness is of no use to, to God and so it will be removed. But the wheat, the wheat will be gathered and brought into the storehouse To shine like the sun. And that's you. God has planted you to be his wheat, to produce a crop, to be his. And he will send his angels to gather you, to bring you into the storehouse, to be with you forever. And that truth gives us comfort, it gives us peace because God is in control. He knows the wheat from the weeds. The separation will take place and at that time we will no longer have to live among the weeds. We will not have to live among evil and sin and wickedness. We will be in perfection with our Heavenly Father forever. See, our God is patient. And that patience is what he calls for us to have as well as we live a life of wheat among the weeds we need to be patient it's going to be hard it's going to be difficult there's weeds all around us but our Savior provides everything that we need he plants us and he nourishes us he doesn't nourish us with sunlight and water no he nourishes us with his holy precious blood and with the waters of baptism and with the words that he speaks and that nourishment allows us to grow deeply into his word our faith grows And so it doesn't matter that there are weeds around us because we are solid in the truth that Christ has conquered the enemy. He can't uproot you because Christ has planted you to be his own. And so with this truth, it helps us to have that patient endurance to know that this is not always how it's going to be. It's only temporary. The separation will come and so we can have that patient endurance as we live. Wheat among the weeds. That's why I love Psalm 73 so much. You see, because in Psalm 73, when Asaph is writing, the first half of the psalm is all about his distress, all about his worries, all about his concern that the wicked seem to be thriving. And it causes him to almost lose his faith. But then at the halfway point of the psalm, Asaph writes about how he went to the house of the Lord and the Lord revealed to him the truth of the matter. It's like Jesus removed the veil From Asaph's eyes, just like he removes the veil from our own eyes. This is not how it's always going to be. Life will not always be wheat among the weeds, and Asaph understood that, and he recognized that that judgment is going to come, and it allowed him to have patient endurance with the Lord. And so can you. Because you know how the story ends. You know where this all ends. That there will be a judgment and that evil and sin and wickedness will be removed, but you will be with the Lord forever in his storehouse. So look to to your Savior's love, look to your Savior's patience, as you live as wheat among the weeds. Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.